0: Welcome to the Art of Greatness podcast. My name is June Allen from juneallen.net and I teach black women how to heal from addiction to self-hate with racial sobriety and personal empowerment. The information shared on this podcast is for educational purposes. It's based on my experiences and is shared in good faith. So always consult your licensed mental health professional before applying any of the suggestions from me in this podcast. The vision is to help you heal and build your blacklicious life. Now on with the show. Greetings family, greetings. June Allen here, your racial sobriety mentor. I'm so glad to be back. It's been a little while since I've recorded a podcast. And um, yeah, I decided recently that I just wanted to uh, start recording and start putting out some more stuff again. I've just recently had my my nine-year sobriety birthday in recovery. And um, I've had some feedback from, from quite a few people telling me that they kind of found me uh, because of my podcast and stuff like that. And I haven't done any recorded any podcasts for probably about a year. Just through doing, I've been focusing more on live stream and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I thought it would be a really good idea to start doing the podcast and really talking specifically about my recovery. Um, I felt that this was a more intimate space to be able to talk about that stuff and that I can really kind of drill down uh, and talk specifically about my recovery. It just feels a lot, a lot nicer, it's just a lot more intimate to be able to do that from this space rather than doing live stream. And if you've you've told me that you kind of, you know, you you watch my live streams, the replays, but not you might, you know, you feel a bit anxious about going on live. And I kind of get that. So, yeah. So um, doing these podcasts again, I think is really going to give me give us an opportunity to uh, talk to each other in a way that just feels a lot more intimate. So if you do have any questions or queries or anything like that about anything that I share in this podcast or any future podcast that I do, then obviously you can just drop me an email. Um Info at or you can also, um, in the show notes, I'll have all the details and stuff about ways that you can contact me. So, yeah, so um, today's topic, I wanted to talk about just talk sort of like in the context of my nine year anniversary in recovery, my primary fellowship. I wanted to talk about the one thing that has kept me going, the one thing that you need to heal. Um, and to become whole, you know, and that one thing is willingness, that one thing is willingness, that is the one thing that has been the consistent reason why I've stayed in recovery so long, why I've continued to speak my truth and do all of that kind of stuff, is because I'm willing, I'm willing to do something different, I'm willing to build a legacy for my daughter, I'm willing to uh, just make the changes that I need to make in order to have a different life you know in order to uh, have a different life you know I have to commit to being the change and that means being willing to being the change you know I'm really willing to do that so yeah so today I wanted to talk about different aspects of willingness and kind of what that actually means different you know different types of willingness and, and how to start to begin to execute what 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 that looks like in practical terms so I remember when I first came into recovery um, and I was willing, you know, I was willing to to just try something different because I knew that my life wasn't working, my relationships were in the toilet, I felt very, um, I had a lot of self-hate issues, I was very codependent, I was in a lot of pain basically around my relationships, around my family, just in pain about a lot of things. And... I just knew that I wanted something different. I didn't know how it was going to happen or where it was going to happen or what it looked like on practical terms. I just knew that I wanted something different. So when I came into recovery and started doing this work, you know, I kind of had these little fantasies about, you know, how long it was going to take to heal and... You know, maybe there was some sort of euphoric destination that I would, you know, that some euphoric, you know, a place of utopia that I would arrive at and then everything would be fine and all my relationships would be perfect and and all of this kind of stuff. And, you know, on top of that fantasy, I also had fears about the pain, you know, and thinking that if I came into recovery, that everything would um, the pain would stop. And that I would, you know, have these magic powers to be able to control other people and fix other people. Um, And that I could just, you know, I wanted to know, you know, when was it, when could I just cut people off? And I was just in a lot of, you know, a lot of anxiety and a lot of kind of not really understanding what it meant to be sober. You know, but I was willing. And it was that willingness that helped me to continue to explore what sobriety looked like in terms of my relationships, in terms of my my self love and my and my 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 uh, willingness to build a legacy for my daughter, um, and what I learned over the years um, about willingness is that uh, you know there was, there was quite a few things that I needed to look at. There were quite a few different different strengths, or not different strengths, different types of willingness that I had to stay committed to in order to get to the place where I am now. So. The first one is, you know, I had to be willing to take risks. I had to be willing to take risks, mainly emotional risks, because, you know, my my past was all about denial. It was all about deprivation. It was all about fear, being in a lot of fear around just being a human being and and not not feeling like I, I was allowed to be myself. So I had to be willing to take risks. I had to be willing to do things that I hadn't done before. I had to be willing to uh you know, get my put myself in situations that, you know, my family hadn't been in before that maybe my community thought was a bit strange, you know, like going to therapy and even sitting in the recovery rooms itself as a black woman was quite a radical thing to do. Um because there wasn't a lot of black people in in recovery when I went in. And so that was really hard. But because of my willingness to and my commitment to wanting to get well myself that meant that I just kept taking the risks, you know. Um, the next thing around willingness is I had to be willing to ask for help. I had to be willing to ask for help. I just said before about, you know, seeing therapy, going to therapy and, and even sitting in the recovery rooms. I that my, my willingness to get well and my willingness to do something for my daughter, my willingness to serve my community meant that I have to keep asking for help. I'm still asking for help now. I still have a therapist now. I still reach out to my fellows and stuff when I'm having a moment and all of that kind of stuff. There's no, you know, at the end of that, I'm a human being and there is no utopia. There is no euphoric place that arrives when you do this work. You just manage your life differently. You get to a place where you can manage your relationships differently. You're a lot more honest about who about who I'm a lot more honest about who I am. And who I choose to spend my time with and how I manage my time and how I parent and all of that kind of stuff. But I couldn't, I wasn't able to do any of those things. I wouldn't be able to have do, done any of those things if I wasn't willing to ask for help. And it's, it's about, um, you know, the next thing about willingness is about trusting the process. I had to be willing to trust the process. I had to be willing to trust that there were other people that had done this work before me and they had got results. And I had to be willing to do to take what was suggested a lot of times we don't want to take what's suggested because we want to stay in control we want to stay in control we fear the future we fear uh we even fear being being healthier being fear being healthier than our family members maybe that don't want to do this work that maybe think you're a bit weird about doing this work you've got to be willing to trust the process and do this for yourself because at the end of the day if you're looking to everybody else to dictate to you what your healing is going to look like, you ain't going to do it. Especially if they're not doing the work, because they're just going to convince you that, oh, you're a bit weird, why are you, going to, why are you doing all that white people stuff? What? They're just going to tell you all of this stuff that's going to, that's going to make you question why you're doing this work. And you've just got to stay committed. You've just got to stay willing to do something different. And if I hadn't stayed willing, I wouldn't be on this podcast talking to you. If I if I kept thinking that, oh, I don't want to go and talk to the therapist because that's white people's stuff, or I don't want to go into recovery because it's just all white people in the rooms and it's white middle class, and what am I doing chatting my business? If I, if I stayed committed to all of those thoughts and all of those that, that stigma that comes in the black community around mental health and around uh, wellness and around healing and all of that kind of stuff... I wouldn't be here talking to you on this podcast, so it works, and what I've done is I've actually created this platform I've created a a space for people to be able to do this work now with a cultural cultural context because that that stuff wasn't around really when I was start first started doing this work i mean there were there were people there were black therapists and stuff around, but you know at the end of the day for people that maybe can't afford to go to therapy or definitely people in recovery, there was no cultural context whatsoever in recovery at all. Um, So I know that I'm kind of, you know, I'm very much a pioneer when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, But I've created a lot of this stuff so that you don't have to, you know, there's more opportunities now for you to do this work from within a cultural context. And there's more more and more and more opportunities to do this. So there's less and less excuses for people At the end of the day, if you're willing to do this work, you'll do it. That's it. It's not about... I'm not about convincing anybody to do this work. I'm not about bullying anybody to do this work. I'm not about shaming anyone to do this work. If you want to heal, if you want to live a different kind of life, if you want to have a different type of relationship with yourself and a different type of relationship with other people, you will find a way and you'll do the work just like I did. I'm just here like other people on this planet that that are committed to... Uh, you know, unpicking this whole uh, dilemma around racism and healing. I'm just another person that's that's brought another um, another another uh, reason to do the work, another way to do the work, another way to uh, heal yourself, to protect yourself, to love yourself. I'm just another one of the of, of these people that is committed to do it, and and it's because I'm willing. You know, I'm I'm willing to uh to ask for help and and to trust the process um and that is such an important part of this of this uh, of this journey because if you don't trust the process then you're never going to start in order to start you have to be willing to trust the process you have to be willing to ask for help from other people and you have to be willing to trust those that have gone before that have done this work and i know that's hard for a lot of us because a lot of us are still carrying a lot of pain and trauma from people that look like us in our families. And so therefore it's difficult for us to then reach out and ask people that look like us uh, to help us heal. Because it triggers a lot of the old family stuff. But you've just got to, if you're willing to do the work, you've also got to be willing to take take the risk. You know, like I said in the beginning, to at least try to work with other people that look like you. Because... The, the benefits of doing that are just so massive. The benefits of doing that are just so massive if you're willing to to take the risk. And, you know, also what I would say to you as well is if you, you, you start doing this work with somebody that looks like you and they trigger the hell out of you because of your family stuff or they do something that's inappropriate or whatever, don't use that as an excuse to just go back in your cave and not do anything. You keep looking for somebody else. You keep looking for somebody else, you keep looking for more spaces, you keep reading, you keep looking on the internet, you, you keep reading books, you, you find another therapy, whatever you do, you keep searching until you find somebody that is going to meet your needs. That's what trust in the process is about. It's just trusting that you will get what you need if you keep stay if you stay willing to to and stay committed to your healing process. You know, and the next one, this is what the next one is about. The next one is about letting go of the outcome. You've got to let go of the outcome. You've got to let go of what you think is going to happen. You've got to let go of what you think it should look like. You have to let go of that. Trust in the process and letting go of the outcome go hand in hand. If you're not willing to let go of the outcome, it's going to be... A more of a painful ride, and I and I say that because I put my hand up to that. I, I, that's one of the things that I struggle with, and one of the reasons why I think it took me so long to actually get into doing this work in the first place, because I'm so fearful of 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 the outcome not being how I think it should look, and this comes back to you know childhood stuff around not getting my needs met, or as Black people, we're used to not getting our needs met because under the system of racism, we're not supposed to have anything. We're not supposed to be happy. We're not supposed to be content. We're not supposed to feel peaceful because if we if we're content and happy and peaceful in in our relationships and within our, within ourselves, that means that you know there's a threat to to white supremacy. There's a threat to uh, us us you know coming out of it. There's a threat to to you know to white people in terms of their. Um, their annihilation, because if we're happy and peaceful, that means we're going to have happy and peaceful relationships, which means that we're going to love each other, which means that we're going to have more babies, and if you don't know, understand Dr. Doctor Francis Cress Wilson's work this is going to make a lot of sense you know, because racism is all built around the fear of white genetic annihilation, because white people are um, having they're dying quicker than they are having babies, so you know, the whole thing around destroying the black family and just keeping, you know, a lot of you know, poisonous uh, stuff within within black relationships, friendships, or whatever it is, community that white supremacy poison has to stay in the community in order to for white people to survive. And so, um, you know, so so that that you know that that's the reason why uh, you know it's important for us to do this work because not that we want white people to be extinct. That's not but but their fear around being extinct is something that they need to deal with. It's not it's not it's not our responsibility to deal with that you know our responsibility is to deal with the oppression and to deal with you know the impact of racism you know so you have to be willing to uh, let go of the outcome around this stuff because you know living under the system of racism is powerful and it is painful and you know because there is so much of it that is in our communities that is stopping us from doing what we need to do to heal ourselves we can be we can be start getting really really attached to um What we think our healing should look like, um, you know, how it should look in our families, even though our families are still carrying a lot of internalised racism and all of that kind of stuff. So we have to let go of that. We have to let go of that. And we let go of that by taking one, one step at a time. By taking one step at a time. By building a support network. Some of the other things that I said previously in this podcast about asking for help, taking risks... Trusting the process All of that kind of stuff Is all part and parcel Of how you let go of the outcome Is by taking actions By taking baby steps You know So so that's that one About about letting go of the outcome The next thing is about you got to be willing to tell the truth you got to be willing to tell the truth And by telling the truth Means that you're willing to listen To what your body Your mind Your soul Other people that, that are in this healing process You're willing to you you can you live your truth by telling your truth, by listening to other people tell their truth, and by behaving in a way that honours your truth. You know? You have to be willing to tell the truth. If you're not willing to tell the truth, then you, you how are you going to heal if you're not willing to tell the truth? And it doesn't mean that you just go out there and you just... You know, blatantly just start telling, speaking your truth to people that can't hear you. That's the thing. People can use telling the truth to kind of wound other people or to hurt themselves. And that's not the type of truth I'm talking about. I'm talking about telling the truth to yourself in a way that honours who you are, but also honours those people that are just not ready to hear it. Because telling your truth to people that, uh, even sometimes the people that hurt you, telling your truth to them is not going to help you heal because they just can't hear you. And that's going to wound you even more. So you've just got to find uh, when you're telling the truth, you've got to you've got to be willing to find spaces that are willing to hear you. Not just telling the truth for the sake of it to the people that can't hear you, but it's about being discerning about how you tell the truth. Being discerning about how you tell the truth. You know, this is one of the things that comes up quite a lot with you know with with my um with my one-on-one clients in their in their soul sessions. They talk a lot about you know wanting to tell the truth. And even when they have told the truth, you know, to family members and stuff like that, they almost feel more isolated and re-traumatised because then they become abandoned. Uh, they get abandoned by the, the, you know, the family members where they're told the truth um, and they feel isolated because there aren't a lot of people that that can can hear the truth. A lot of people don't want to hear it, you know, and I think that... You know, this is this is one of the reasons that, that, you know, I set up the things that I did, why why I have a, a, you know, why I do the soul sessions in the first place? Why I do the the groups, the group coaching with the book club or, you know, why I share so honestly on social media in my live streams and stuff like that? Because isolation and our inability to speak the truth for fear of the internal backlash, you know, is hurting us. It's hurting us and it's keeping us sick. And one of the things that they say in recovery is about, you know, our secrets to keeping us sick. And, you know, one of the powerful things I learned about recovery is how to tell the truth. Not not only how to tell the truth, but to do it in a way that um, allows me to feel heard. Because you can tell the truth and not be heard. You can tell the truth and not be heard, which is just as painful. And recovery has given me permission to speak my truth in a way that still keeps my dignity and also keeps the dignity of those people that I'm talking about. Because you've not heard me dissing anybody or cussing anybody or being disrespectful to anybody. I feel that I'm telling the truth in a way that honours my honors me as a, as a person and honours my experience. But also, you know, because I talk about it in a holistic way it, as, it, as it relates to racism, it kind of honours the person, you know, my family members as well, that, that aren't able to tell their truth but also to give it context around the fact that they're also victims as well, not excusing the behaviours and stuff, but also giving it context, you know, so that's really, really important. It's really, really important. So, um, you know, being able to tell the truth or being willing to tell the truth is, is, you know, is a foundation. It's a core foundational part of, of this process. And, um, There's there's two more that I I want to share around willingness. I had no idea that there were so many things connected to it, but actually, you know, this this is all really key. So the last couple of things I want to share with you around willingness is number one is you've got to be willing to be patient. You've got to be willing to be patient because there is no quick fix. There is no magic formula to healing. You've just, you know, you've just got to be willing to allow you know your truth your process the grief whatever it is that you need that needs to be um released from you you've got to be willing to be patient for when that comes out you know a lot of us don't want to feel the pain i know in recovery i didn't want to feel the pain i was just like oh well if i just work you know if i work these steps really really quickly or if i you know if i binge right loads of my step work then it means that i'm going to feel less pain Or I'm just going to get all this stuff done over and done really, really quickly. It doesn't work like that. I just ended up causing myself a lot more pain. um, And I ended up, you know, feeling more frustrated because I didn't get to that place of utopia that I was hoping that I was going to get to. So it is really about being patient and um, being willing to be patient and having acceptance. This is the last thing that I wanted to say, being willing to have acceptance around where I am now. You know, there is no, um, if if I'm not willing to accept where I am in this moment, that's just gonna feed my fears, it's gonna feed my anxiety, it's gonna feed my anger, it's gonna feed shame, and all of those other, you know, emotions that that keep me stuck. All of those emotions that keep me stuck. When I have a lot more acceptance of where I I am in this moment, that means I'm practicing a lot more self-compassion. It means that I'm practicing being present It just means that I'm practicing, um, you know, my emotional sobriety when I'm willing to have acceptance around where I am in this moment. And ultimately, it's about accepting my humanity. You know, recovery really helped me accept my humanity for where I am in this moment. And I'm so grateful for that, because when I was really, you know, in that place of feeling unwell about my relationships it was about me trying to be this perfect human being or feeling ashamed about not being this perfect human being but recovery has really helped me to get honest about the fact that you know I have to be willing to accept where I am in this moment and that's okay that's okay I can accept who I am in the moment and um, you know even with my defects and even with my Uh, imperfections and all the rest of it. I can accept myself who I am because I'm willing, I stay willing to be the best person that I can be in this moment because I'm willing to do the next right thing in the next moment. I'm willing to find answers. I'm willing to reach out for help. I'm willing to go to another recovery meeting. I'm willing to pick up another book. I'm willing to speak my truth even if I feel ashamed or if I feel upset or I feel vulnerable I'm willing to do all of these things so it's about cultivating the willingness if you're feeling stuck or you're feeling unheard or you're feeling unseen you're feeling invisible just be willing just be willing to try something different just be willing to do the next right thing and be willing to uh you know, write down what actions you need to take and then and then take, pick one, pick one and take, 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 and take the next right action that is going to help you through the next stage of your healing. You know, be willing to take that baby step. Don't underestimate the power of the willingness to take the next baby step because one baby step leads to another baby step and you're not stuck because you're, you're constantly moving. You're constantly moving. That's it for today. I really, really hope you enjoyed this session. Uh, Yeah, if you've got any questions or any thoughts on today's podcast, then you can drop me an email. Go to infeltyardofgreatness.com. If you would like to book a one-to-one soul session with me again, you can go to heal.juneallen.net. All the links and everything will be in the description. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I look forward to seeing you again on the next podcast. Take care. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye.